I want to take you back into episode 8 of the story of God. The story of God is a story of God's pursuit of us, whether or not we ever love him in return. There were some all along the way in every story who did pursue God in the face of great adversity because faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you cannot see. And by faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. And by faith, a man named Enoch walked with God. And by faith, Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. And by faith, Jacob prayed for Joseph's sons. And by faith, Joseph spoke of the exodus of the children of Israel from Egypt. And by faith, Moses left Egypt. And by faith, the children of Israel walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and received what was promised. They quenched the fury of the flames. They shut the mouths of the lions and their weakness was turned into strength. And all of these were commended for their faith, yet none of them received the full promise because God had something better in mind so that together with us, they would be made perfect. Jesus, I pray that you'll give us a supernatural ability by your Holy Spirit to really, more than we ever have before, to get it, to get the story and what the story was all about. I thank you for sustaining us this whole journey of six years, coming up on our seventh anniversary, and I thank you for your incredible grace to let this beautiful church grow inside this space and the great eagle. We just thank you that you have welcomed us into this great story that belongs to you. And I pray with all my heart, Lord, that we will want to run right into that story with everything we've got, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes talks like this are hard for me because I feel like I'm, on one hand, I feel like I'm in junior high again, and I have a friend who likes somebody, and they want me to pass the note for them. And the note says, I like you, do you like me? Check yes or no. And I, you know, kind of, you know, trying to get it over there in class, and they open it, and then they peek, and there's just that terrifying nervousness, and you're sitting there with your friend, like, what's going to happen, you know, are they going to check yes or no, and then they send the note back, and depending on if it's yes, it's yay, and if it's no, it's like, oh, I threw myself out there, and he threw me under the bus, and, and the heartbreak and the tragedy, and so it feels like that a little bit, only bigger, much, much bigger, because this is God who I feel like is sending the note to everybody saying, tell them I like them and do they like me, check yes or no. Because really the whole point of all of this is to enjoy him. It's like, okay, it's all over now. It's just me and you. 
And how are we going to do that? And are we going to do that? Are we going to stiff arm him or are we going to enjoy him? What does enjoy look like? I'm so glad Miss Sue brought out the balls. It was so fun to watch the laughter and the expression. And so I did, I, I Googled a few pictures of enjoy, people happy, and then a few pe- pictures of people bored. So that was an enjoy picture. <laughs> that was a, yay, this is good, this is fun. Uh, there was another one, I think, yeah, yay arms up, celebrating, this is a joy picture, a joy pose, and then I googled bored, uh, bored people, and that was, <laughs> that was one, and there was another one, there were two of the little, like this, and I'm a drama teacher, I teach drama for Elevate, and I teach all my children how to show on the outside what they're trying to act on the inside, and so I'll often say, put your hands behind your back, you can only use your face, what does enjoy look like, what does happy look like, and they'll be like, Big expressions, and what does sad look like? And the little faces go down. And so we act. And I often wonder what it looks like from the perspective of God when we enter into his presence. And we can come honest. We really can. We can come in whatever state we're in. Come just as you are. But I know and believe that the great desire of our Father is that when we enter into his presence, that we come I'm so glad to be here with you. Woo! It was a little bit of a journey to get here, but wow, I'm in, and we can talk, and it's so good to be here. And so how's it been going with you? What's on your mind? What's on your heart? How's it been going? Well, here's kind of my day. Here's what I've been thinking. Here's what I've been feeling. Oh, and then the best thing happened, and then I'm kind of worried about this, but I think you're big enough to handle it. So let me just tell you what it is, and blah, 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 and you have this relationship. You have a friendship. That's what I know the Father did all this for. But so many times we come into his presence, you know, I don't know if it's like this, or like this, or like this, or like this. Uh, Do something. You're so big. We come angry. We, We come, and I know he would rather us come than not come at all. But today, the whole point of this pathway into his presence is, all right, you did it. Praise the Lord. You followed your guide. You leaped over all the obstacles and the hindrances. You figured your way into there. Now you're there. Now what are you going to do? And I think that, that is the big question, not just of eternity, but of today, of this moment, is how are we journeying or are we journeying with the Lord in an intimate way? I believe, well, you guys could probably tell me, what does enjoy football look like? That's easy, right? Doing it down and doing it all. Whatever it is they do, that's enjoying football, you know, or if it's enjoying an orchestra, you know. And the different things, what is enjoying pizza look like, you know? or ice cream, or whatever it is, enjoying a good friend, oh, a hug, and a how are you, and a, what does all these things look like? Well, what does enjoy God look like? I really believe that somebody who has been enjoying God looks like somebody filled with the fruit of the Spirit. Because when you hang out with God and you enjoy Him, He starts rubbing off on you. And love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control starts getting on you. And people come up to you, and you look weird and strange, because you don't look like everyone else around you. And they come up and say, where'd you get that? You're like, oh, this? Oh, well, that's called love, and I got it from him. No, I don't have it naturally, but he's really good at it. And he gave it to me. You want some? 
Sure. And mine won't be as good as his. You might want to go directly. But I'll share what I've got. Oh, well, that's called patience. I know it's weird, especially today when you're driving. Where'd you get that? Well, I got it from him. He's got boatloads of it. You should go get some. It's really good. Or in the midst of a disciplined moment of my life, oh, you're so self-controlled. Where'd you get that? Oh, that? Well, I got it from him. He's so good at that. In fact, he lived a perfect life, and he died the death that he didn't deserve for me. So he's been teaching me how to die to myself. I got it from him. It's really good. You should go check it out. Go talk to him about it. I'm sure he'd be willing to share. And the fruit of the Spirit, if we find that we're struggling to bear it, might be because we haven't been going and connecting to the one who made it. And we're trying to be patient. And we're trying to bear the fruit of the Spirit out of our own flesh. Yeah. Probably not going to be very successful because it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of the flesh. So if you stay over here and stiff arm the source of life, I don't think you're going to be patient, loving, joyful. True life, abundant life is only found one place with the one who designed it. And so getting there and knowing him and hanging out with him is the whole point of this journey. Um, as I already mentioned, in every generation, there were people who chose to live their life here. They were very set apart from the culture. It didn't matter the, the cultural terrain of their day. I think sometimes we think as Americans in the 21st century that we're unique to difficulty. But that is not the truth. And we discount the relationships of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and David and Samuel and Job and Nehemiah and all those guys as well. They're Bible people. I saw the painting. They had a halo over their head. Somehow they were in. They had something that I don't have. But it is a lie. They were people that wrestled with sin just as much as we do, lived in a culture that was even probably more opposing to God than the culture that we're in. But somehow, in the midst of every generation, they chose, you know what? I could have a lot of friends here. I could stand here and kind of get down with the culture and what they want me to do. Or I could go over there and get to know the one who wrote the whole story and find out what life's really about. But if I stand here, I might be a little lonely because I won't really have that welcome. And then you sit down and try it out for a little bit and find, oh, this isn't lonely. This is satisfaction. I'm home. I made it to the one who wants me more than anyone in this world, who loves me more perfectly, knows my name, is so good at forgiveness. I don't know if, you've, if you all have wrestled with that, but I haven't found this world to be very forgiving. And I'm someone who needs a great deal of forgiveness every day. And I'm so thankful that God is so generous to give it. Uh, the culture tends to be a little Siskel and Ebert, little good today, pretty bad, a little cultural judgy kind of stuff, but I have found the arms of my father to be perfect and gracious, so I don't know why we wrestle so hard not to go or be invited to where the Lord is so perfect. Well, I decided um, when I was 16 
in the midst of my cultural terrain that I was going to become a Christ follower. The previous years, I had been a churchgoer. You remember on August 19th, Shannon talked a lot about the difference between a churchgoer and a Christ follower, right? Do we remember some of that? Churchgoer is someone who faithfully or semi-faithfully goes and sits in a building and will probably try to be nice or moral or something. A Christ follower is someone who is aggressively trying to follow the, the ways of Jesus Christ, modeling after his life. And that hit me when I was 16. I had thoroughly examined the culture. Um, at 12 years old, the world stood up and made a very bold appeal to me when I was entering into uh, sixth and seventh grade. And I danced with the world for a little while, made it all the way through sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, into my freshman year of high school. And I was really trying to um, absorb the ways of the world and get good at it, be accepted into the culture. And uh, it all blew up for me in my 16th year when I feel like I made it kind of to the end of the road of what the world had to offer, just trying to kind of explore it, the partying and the popular and the success and maybe the money and the sex and the alcohol and the whatever it was, just kind of journeying along. I made it to kind of the end of that road, and it was only 16, so it didn't take very long. And I got to the end, I was like, that's it? And the, the night where it all came together for me was this big party my freshman year, and all the freshmen were there, and there was police there, and drinking and breaking things, and kids throwing up in the front yard. It's a freeze frame in my mind, so I was walking back out to my car, and looking around at all this, and I was like, that's it? That's the best you got? That's not very good. So I went home that night, and I went into my bedroom all by myself, no youth pastor, no church, no altar call, just got on my knees and said, I think I'm going to try this thing. I think I'm really going to try to be a Christ follower. And I said, my words that night were, Jesus, I'm going to be a Christian if it kills me because I've not really seen what that looks like at my school. I've seen kids who go to church, but I haven't seen people really trying to act like Jesus. And I don't even know what that's going to look like in the high school hallway, but I'm going and I'm going to try. And that began my journey. Oh my goodness, I stumbled. I stumbled significantly for three years just trying to go generally in this direction trying to pursue Christ and not the world, and weak and feeble knees, falling more than standing. But the one thing I was absolutely persuaded of when I began to turn and made my choice to really enjoy Christ is I was not one time left with the question of did he want me? As soon as I began to turn in that direction, I was overwhelmed by how much he wanted me. And I kept raising back up after I'd blow it and wipe the dust on my feet and look at him and go, why do you want this? I'm a mess. But I was always overwhelmed by how much his love was communicated to me. One night when I was in the depths of despair, I just literally did one of those, okay, speak to me, and opened the Bible wherever it landed. And it landed on Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. 17-year-old big tears started coming down my cheek because I knew God was answering me right there in my bedroom all by myself. And I would journey on and come across Philippians 1, 
1.6, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you is going to carry it all the way to completion, even to the day of Christ Jesus, which translated to my 17, 18-year-old sinful heart, I'm never going to give up on you. I'm never going to give up on you. I started a good work in you, and I'm going to complete it. And when I began to get more bold in my faith, Joshua 1.9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And I began to put bolder feet into my school hallway and began to get bolder in my testimony for him. Began to speak out about how much I loved him and how I really was wanting to hang out with him and not the world and really had found satisfaction in him that I never found in this world and began to get that boldness coming on me. And then as I journeyed farther in my faith and began to full on run into a sprint after Jesus, I really felt the distance and the set-apartness, and I was running in this mission that Jesus had called me to. By 19, I was a full-time missionary in America, running and giving everything I had, and the story continued. Many of you all know parts of it, but then my heart broke through devastation in our life, tragedy, disease, um, ministry failure, heartache and pain, and God spoke to me at Psalms 18 and just said, as for the Lord, His ways are perfect. And I needed to learn how to walk in that perfection. He said he was going to give me hinds feet like the feet of a deer and teach me how to leap over obstacles. And he would strengthen me in the word. And then as I continued running, just about 10 years ago, the Lord just walloped me with John 15. I was in a a wilderness season of my life, and it blew me away when I got to John 15 that really the point of all of this was just that he wanted me. And he gave me this invitation remain in my love. And I've done this teaching with you all before. Some of you know it. And I stopped living like this. Good morning, Lord. Ought to get off to my day. Ooh, that was hard. Coming back. Little drink. Oh, thank you. Coming back. Okay, now I can tackle. Oh, wait, that was hard. Coming back. Okay, good. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) And this is the way I was living. And then the Lord finally one day said, why don't you just sit down? I was like, oh, You want me to live my whole life from like right here? That's the point. Remain in my love. Just stay right here and live. Let's do it together. Like that's good because that was really exhausting. You want me to stay. Even when I'm weak and tired and really mad? Yep, stay. Stay, I gotcha. Fruit is a lot more accessible when you're right here. Patience, gentleness, self-control. I'll give you everything you need. Love, faith, endurance. Just stay. Stay right here. Let's do this together. I'm really funny sometimes. I'm really fantastic. And if you'll start looking at the world from my perspective, I'm going to blow your mind because I know a couple things about the world. I knit it. I spoke it into being. So stay with me and do life with me. The band here is going to be coming up here in just a minute. I want to... I want to read you something, and then I want to tell you one thing. We're going to move into a time of ministry here. Give thanks to the Lord, Psalms 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. Some wandered in desert wastelands. Finding no way to settle where they could live. They were hungry and thirsty and their lives ebbed away. And they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. 
and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. But some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, for they had rebelled against the word of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of the darkness and in deepest gloom and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he breaks down the gates of bronze and he cuts through bars of iron. Well, some became fools. And through their rebellious ways, they suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near to the gates of death. And then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. He sent forth his word and he healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. Others went out on the high sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and he stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away, and they reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were at their wits' end, and they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed, and they were glad when it grew calm. And he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord. For his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. And the scripture goes on and on. And I don't care where you are, if you are wandering, if you are in darkness, if you are cowering and afraid, if you are bold and, and marching out to the sea, it didn't matter where they found themselves, all they had to do was cry out. And the moment that they cried, God arrived. And they enjoyed the journey together. And last Sunday, when we were listening to Shannon preach, this song just kept coming to my mind over and over again. It was the song we did in the last, series, uh, last episode of Act One in, in Story of God. We will run to you, we will run from you to you, turning from... I'll get there, I'll tell you why that almost came out. Turning from our sins, we return to you. Father, heal your world, make all things new, make all things new. And the reason I tripped on it is because the way I was hearing it last Sunday was not the way the song is written. And it kept coming over and over and over in my mind until I had to write it down. And I want to challenge you, church, that... I, I can't speak but for certain, but I guess I wondered if it was the song that God hears. And it was this. We will run from you, we will run from you. Embracing all our sins, we abandon you. God, I want the world more than you. 
more than you. I'm going to sing it one more time. We will run from you. We will run from you. Embracing all our sins, we abandon you. God, I want the world more than you. More than you. Do you like me? Check yes or no. No. As a matter of fact, I don't. I really don't. I love my sin. I love it so much more than you. Let's not lie to God anymore, church. Speak the truth. He just wants the truth. Just say what you want. Do you want him? He's so good. I don't know why you wouldn't want him. Like, I don't know what's so fascinating about sin. But let's speak the truth. Can we? I mean, do, do we owe him that? Do we at least owe him the truth? Just speak it. Do you want your sin? I want my, I want my porn. I want my bad habits. I want my anger. I want it. I am justified to be mad. This world has screwed me over and it's your fault. And I am justified to stand here in my hate and my bitterness and just splash it all over everybody around me because I want it more than you. And I just want to tell you all the reason that we moved here to plant Highland Christian Church was because we were compelled by the love of Christ to come and stand on his behalf and say he wants you. He wants you. Please just let him have you. It was never to come here and invite you all to enjoy us because I am a weak and failing girl who needs Jesus every day. And if you're going to follow me, then follow me where I'm running because he's the well that never runs dry. And every day I have to answer this question again, just like you. Every day I have to answer the question, where am I going to run? And the cry of my heart, I mean it, and Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit are my witness that I begin my day every day with, I will run to you. I will run to you. Turning from my sin, I return to you. Father, heal your world. Make all things new. Make all things new. So I'm asking you on behalf of the one who made you. Do you want him? Check yes or no. So I talked to Jazz last week and said, I really would like to facilitate conversation between the church and God today. And so he's prayerfully prepared these songs that we're going to sing together. And they're all prayers, every one of them. So careful as you sing along, you know. Say, God, help me mean these words. And if you need to formally say, I'm in, yes. And I can't just say it in the quiet of my heart. Sometimes we have to do that. But sometimes we have to go, ah, like a football game. And that's okay. Then do that. Do that. And so what I'm going to say is if you want to just say yes, come do that. Come down if you need to. It's fine. Yes. If you need to say I'm sorry, 
please say that. Please say that. Please turn from your sin and return to him. And you're just going to find the prodigal father running up the road going, whoa, gotcha. And just don't go away again. You're going to be safe if you'll just stay right here. You will not meet with the condemnation the enemy threatens that you'll meet with. So if you want to say, I'm sorry, forgive me. You want to say, yes, I'm in. Do it in your chairs or do it up here. If you want somebody to pray with you, if you need to have somebody with skin on to pray with you, then come to this side. And we'll just know that. If you want to be all by yourself, come over here. If you want to just do it in your chair, that's fine as well. Jesus, I just pray that you'll get what you want. That your kingdom will come here and your will will be done here. Just like it is in heaven right now. And Lord, I just pray against all the will of the enemy in the name of Jesus. That he will not get what he wants. But you'll get what you want. And I pray that the enemy would be smashed under our feet in the name of Jesus. I pray for people that need to be healed and raised up in all the agony of their soul, that they would find you to be their healer. I pray for those who have been stiff-arming and are resistant. They're not enjoying you. They're enjoying the world, that they would be cut to the heart. Break their hearts. And Lord, bring the conviction of the power of your Holy Spirit that they could not hold back the words, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. Let's reconcile. I want to run to you. And Lord, just for those who are being given a spirit of boldness right now, just because they love you so much, they just want to stand on something and say, I'm in, I'm in. Then Lord, raise up that spirit of boldness because we need that voice to cry out in the darkness, prepare the way of the Lord. I just pray for your church, Lord. In the ministry of the Holy Spirit right now, you do what flesh cannot do. Speak in ways that flesh cannot speak. Welcome to us, Lord. And I just pray we will be, receive that welcome and we will not resist you in Jesus' name. Amen.